Good evening. We are so glad you have chosen to be with us this evening. We hope that you are in a spirit of prayer and expectation for God to speak to you. Thank you for joining with us. You may not be aware of this, but I was made aware. This broadcast is going out even to Russia, to Brazil, to Nigeria. There's people around the world that's been able to tune in to hear this presentation of the gospel. So I hope you will be praying. And we do thank you for your continued support. Thank you for how you've given. Again, you can give online. You can bring your offering by or you can mail that in. And we thank you for, for supporting Drive-In Church. Isn't that exciting how God is working in those times of meetings there? If you have prayer concerns, let us know here at the church. We will get those out for people to pray with or pray for. But let's go to the Lord in prayer at this time. Heavenly Father, we thank you for another day. We thank you for a chance to stand to proclaim your word. And Father, I pray that you're the one that is glorified. You're the one that is honored. Speak to our lives. God, save those souls, Lord, who are, so, who are lost right now, who are struggling in the conviction of your Holy Spirit. God, reach them, God. And God, let them know you in new life. And God, we commit this time to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, it's that time again, the time that we celebrate all the wonderful women that helped us be all we can be. I'm talking about moms. So moms, M is for the many things she gave me. Hey, 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 hello, what, what you doing, what you doing? I just thought we might do a song for the moms for Mother's Day. Hi moms, hi. Hi, Mommy. This is for you, Mommy. M is for the many things she gave. We get it. We get it. M is for the many things she gave us. We get it. That's very cute. That's very cute. Oh, you're pretty quick for a bald guy. Everyone join in. Oh, I just thought that we'd do a heartwarming message for all the moms out there instead of a campy little song. Okay, 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 okay. You do it your way. I will do it my way. Moms, we owe you so much. Thank you for being there. She is for tender, sweet caresses. H is for her hands that made a home You've made a home, you've made a home Home on the range Okay, stop it. She did make a home on the range. You probably called it like a stove, but we had a range at my house. And she made that home. word home, oh, that means so much. We still long to be in your presence. We still long for you to be proud of us. And yes, we still long to come home. Okay, this isn't working. What? No, no, no. You, you're faking it. I am not. You're forcing the no, tears. No, it's real. No, no, no. This does not work in any way. This works. The song works. This does not work. I just thought we'd speak from the heart. That's what moms <sighs> want. You know what? Mom always liked you best anyway. <laughs> we don't even have the same mom. It's everything you've done to help me. Like that time you helped me find my shoes in first grade and in college. And there was that time also that uh, Tammy Cornball broke up with me. Crazy last name, right? But she was really a sweet girl until she broke up with me. And I was sad, but you made me feel better. You brought in some chocolate chip cookies and some milk and you made, you know what? What can make me feel this way, mother? Talking about my mom, mommy. And R stands for right, and right you always shall be, right in our eyes, right with the values that you instilled in us so sacrificially, and right in how you taught us to love God and love others. And so mothers, today we say to you, Put them all together they spell mother, the word that means the world to me, the word that means the world to mama. When I said I didn't like your meatloaf when I was five 
It's not my fault, it needed salt, but that doesn't really matter. Happy Mother's Day, Happy Mother's Day, Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. Good evening, church. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 18. Paul says to the church at Ephesus, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance and his holy people. This evening, let's be reminded of the hope that we have in Christ during this time as we sing. Open the eyes of my heart. Here we go.
help us to see you. Would you help us to see you in your word and would your word come alive as Pastor Mark preaches this morning or this evening. God, we just pray you would bless this time and bless the reading of your word. Lord, would you help us to listen, to hear, Lord, and be able to apply what, what we hear from you tonight. In your name, amen. If you have your Bibles, turn to 1 Kings chapter 17. Let me ask you a question. Why are we having to deal with COVID-19? Why are we having to submit to extreme government control? Is it about safety? Really? I mean, it, how can you be aborting hundreds of babies during this time and tell me it's about safety of humanity? Why are we in what we're in? Listen, this is a sign of the end times. This is a sign that we are living in the last days where we are looking toward a one world government where, where the beast will be worshipped because the beast will meet our needs. Revelation 13, read that. So God is giving us a time to prepare, ready or not. God is giving born-again believers a time to, to get ready, to, to get some things right so our faith can be stronger than fear. Now Hezekiah was the king of God's people in the Old Testament and, and he married a pagan woman named Jezebel. And, and Jezebel, with her husband's support, she influenced the nation away from God. There was 850 pagan prophets that she sustained at her table during a time of famine. And God raised up a man named Elijah. Most Bible characters, you see the progression of their life. You, you were introduced to Abraham and, and how God called him and how he left all and followed the Lord Jesus, Almighty God. You, you see how Moses, he was there as a baby born and found in the bulrushes and he was raised in, in, in Pharaoh's household and then God used him to deliver God's people. You, you see that story with, with Joseph. He was given dreams by God as a young man and, and then at the end, he's the prince of Egypt per se, but, but not so with Elijah. Elijah, he, he comes out of nowhere. He bursts on the scene and he proclaims the word of God. Look what it says in 1 Kings 17. And Elijah the Tishbite, who was of the inhabitants of Gilead, said unto Ahab, as the Lord God of Israel liveth before, before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years, but according to my word. And, and the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Get thee hence and turn thee eastward. Hide thyself by the brook Careth, that is before Jordan. And it shall be that thou shalt drink of the brook that I have commanded the ravens to feed thee. So he went and he did according to the word of the Lord. My prayer is my life is according to the word of the Lord. Is that the prayer of your life? You see, Ahab and Jezebel, they, they've, they've influenced, they've continued to influence God's people to turn away from God. And here God raises up this, 
this, this man named Elijah, this prophet of God, and he came with the word of God on his lips and he gave a message that was not popular. Now you can find feel-good messages anywhere you want to, but they will not sustain you. They will not equip you because it's going to get worse. And Elijah goes before the highest executive of his day and he says thus says the Lord and Ahab laughed at him who are you in my courtyards who are you bringing me this how did you get in here but it happened and here at the top of his career this preacher it says in verse 2 the word of the Lord came unto him saying get thee hence you're at the top the pinnacle and then God says stop it's like a ball player He's in the game. He's making every pass. He's making every shot. He's doing everything. He's in the zone. And and the coach says, I got to put you on the bench. And you're going, I don't understand. What did I do? You you didn't do anything, but I've got to put you on the bench. See, 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 here's the issue. The greatest temptation that you face in life is success. And how you handle success in life. Will you handle it for the glory of God? Or will you try to build your own kingdom? Will you, will you try to, to, to build your own self up? John the Baptist said, he must increase and I must decrease. Here, here's the first thing you have to grab hold of. Your public life and ministry is worth nothing if your private life is not yielded to God. You see, see, we can display anything outwardly in public, but, but if our inner life, if that spirit man in Christ Jesus is not yielded, is not broken, is not seeking after God, it's all fake. It's like sinkholes, and, and, and you know here in western Kentucky about sinkholes because what happens is you've got these limestone caverns that, that are flooded with water, and everything is strong, but all of a sudden that water gets siphoned out, and, and there's, no, there's no support in the foundation, and they start to fall in, and they say, and that's how many people's lives are. They look good on the outside, but they've got nothing on the inside. And God is saying, you better have something on the inside if you are going to stand for my kingdom, my glory, my word in this time because it's not going to get better. And if all we're looking for is for things to go back to normal and we get to go back to our sweet little life and our comfort zone and and our materialistic mindset, if that's what we're looking for, we're going to miss it. Because in the latter days, the Bible says there will be a great falling away and you better not presume my prayer every day Lord is let me finish faithful to the end I've been doing this preaching for 40 years and I beg God every day to let me be faithful 
to the end. I can't just assume because I was faithful yesterday, I'll be faithful tomorrow. So why did God put Elijah on the bench? Elijah came out of obscurity. And he came out and he preached to the highest authority on earth. And God benched him. And the reason God benched him was he was trying to make sure there was something on the inside. You understand, he he, he took David who was in the sheepfold and and he brought him to be the king of, of God's people. You understand John the Baptist, he was hidden away in a wilderness whereby God tried him, God taught him, God instructed him with the word of God. See, see, the most precious time of your ministry and the most serious time of your ministry is when you are in obscurity. It's like when you've been shelved whereby nobody knows who you are, anything about you. What do you do during those times? Just get fat and sassy and lazy or do you press into the very person of Christ? Do you press into the word of God? Because hear me, the reason God puts us back for a season is to make sure we've got some substance on the inside. See, in Elijah, he was wrestling with God, not the devil. We want to say, oh, the devil did this and the devil did that. Sometimes it's God's discipline in our life. We just don't have sense enough to recognize it. Who are you wrestling with? Because God is sovereign. And God took Elijah out of the limelight and he put him in this position of obscurity so that he would understand utter dependency upon him. And he had to trust God. He was forced to trust God. He said, a raven will feed you. He said, a brook in the middle of a famine will will flow and give you water. And that's what happened. But he obeyed God. And in that time where God took him to the brook Careth out of the mainstream of life, He did not waste that time. What have you done? We have been taken out of the normalcy of life now for six, eight weeks. Have you wasted that time or have you pressed in and pushed in deeper with Christ? Has your hunger for the Lord grown? Has your prayer life increased? Has your desire for God increased? Or do you just take your time and waste it on non-essentials? Get ready. Look what it says in verse 7. And it came to pass after a while, after a season, the brook dried up. The provision is gone. What do you do when, when the brook dries up? See, see, in all kinds of brooks seem to dry up today. You can find brooks in the fashion of a business that dries up. You can find marriages because they are not attended to. They can dry up. You can find relationships that are not attended. They can dry up. What do you do when the brook dries up? See, sometimes because you are faithful, because you are yielded to God, 
your faithfulness and your yieldedness to Christ, it brings trials and it brings testings into your life. You see, godliness, it, it, it causes pain and it causes trials. You take anybody who has gone into the military and they go to boot camp and what is done in boot camp is they strip you down and strip you away from everything you knew and everything you depended upon whereby they could build you back up where your confidence was in your commander and chief. And so God takes us and he says, okay, I'm going to strip these things away from you to show you that I can sustain you, to show you that I can guide you, to show you that I can, I can lead you, but you've got to respond to me. You've got to respond to my word. You see, 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 we build muscle in one of two ways. You can build muscle by lifting heavy objects a few times, or you can build muscle by lifting light objects many times. And what God is trying to do, he's trying to build spiritual muscle into your life, into my life. That word keroth, that brook keroth, the word keroth, it means to cut off. It is a pruning where God takes us and he prunes things out of our life that are not necessary. He prunes things out of our life that are not needful. He prunes things out of our life that will cause us to, to lag, that will weigh us down. It's the concept of John 15 where there's a pruning that takes place and God does spiritual surgery. And see, the purpose was to teach Elijah absolute dependency upon me, absolute dependency upon the Word of God. See, it doesn't happen in a climate of ease and we have lived in that climate for a long, long, long time. And so God says in verse 8 and 9, the brook dried up, but then it says in verse 8, the word of the Lord came unto him. Man, that's a good word. When the brook dried up, the word of God came fresh. A new word of direction. Now he's ready to go back and face Ahab. Nope. Don't get too ahead of yourself it says arise get thee to Zarephath you know what Zarephath is Zarephath is Gentile territory it's not even in the people of God's domain Zarephath it, it, it means to smelt it is the concept of a crucible where you put the metal in that's precious and you heat it up and it begins to melt. It's the refiner's fire. And all of a sudden, here it is, Elijah. He's going to go to Zarephath Church to learn what God is wanting him to learn. You ever been to Zarephath Church, the smelting pot? You ever been to the refiner's fire? And God says, okay, I'm going to teach you. Your vacation at Kareth is over now. Now the testing, the crucible is going to start. He wasn't ready yet. And guys, many times we're not ready when we think we're ready. I mean, so many times in our youth we think we're 10 foot tall and bulletproof. We've all been there. But we've got to learn, thus saith the Lord. And we've got to learn submission to the Word of God. And trials and testings are part of that. And the, the, the smelting pot, the refiner's fire, is to 
cause all the impurities in our life to, to come to the top so, so we can have them cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ, so we can have them washed. We're great at generalizing stuff, right? God, forgive me of my sins. Well, we committed them specifically. We need to confess them specifically, not generally. And we need to deal with, with the sin attitudes that we can, can, can allow to, to grow in us. And so we, God puts us in these difficulties to show us our shortcoming, to show us our fear, to show us our sin so that we can reflect Christ. And so when trials come and storms blow, if it's not nailed down, it's going to go away. What do you mean nailed down? If it's not nailed down in the Word of God, it's not going to last. See, it's, you can grow comfortable and careth. I, I would dare say that, that there's some people who have grown comfortable during quarantine. They've grown comfortable during isolation. They've grown comfortable during this time of whatever we've experienced. And God says... You stay put till my word speaks. And when my word speaks, then you obey it. And so here it is, the prophet who stood before the king, now he's taken to Zarephath. And look what it says. I've commanded a widow woman to sustain thee. Would you have a hard time with that? We ought to be helping her. Now you've got a widow woman who's going to help me you see, God's ways are not our ways. God is still instructed. See, 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 God says, I've got a process, and you've got to understand, I'm trying to learn to make my... God wants to make us holy. It's not about happiness. You will reach a point where you understand holiness brings you ultimate happiness, but in the process, you don't get that. God says, I want you holy, and I want you holy unto me. See, see, the purpose of the trials, the purpose of the situation is to conform us to the image of Christ. The purpose of COVID-19 right now for you, for me, for those watching, is to make you as a born-again child of God, if you are saved, more like Jesus, and be ready when things get worse. See, God wants us to be so filled with him. But in order for that to happen, we've got to be emptied of ourselves. And he says, I want to make you like Christ. And so I'm going to send you to Zarephath, to Gentile territory. And there you have to let a widow woman sustain you. And so he arose and he went to Zarephath. And he came to the gate of the city, and behold, the widow woman was there gathering sticks. And he called her and said, Fetch me, I pray thee, a little water in a vessel that I may drink. And as she was going to fetch it, he called her and said, And bring me, I pray thee, a morsel of bread in thine hand. And she says, As the Lord thy God liveth, I have not a cake, but a handful of meal in a barrel and a little oil in a cruise. And behold, I'm gathering two sticks that I may go in and dress it for me and my son, that we may eat and die. And Elijah said unto her, Fear not. Faith over fear, guys. It doesn't happen in a climate of ease. Go and do as thou hast said, but make me therefore a little cake first and bring it unto me, and after make it for thee and for thy son. For the Lord, for thus saith the Lord God of Israel, 
the barrel of meal shall not waste, neither shall the cruise of oil fail until the day that the Lord sendeth rain upon the earth. Woo! I'm going to get two sticks. One stick, two sticks. It's always about the cross. I'm going to get two sticks and then I'm going to make a little meal. And we're going to eat it. But if you obey God, he says, I'll sustain you. If you obey God, he said, I'm going to send ladder rays. If you obey God, he said, I'm going to send renewal. But you've got to understand, are you going to obey God in the midst of leanness and lack? Look at some takeaways. Being made right with God can happen instantaneously but being made holy is a process it comes as you face adversity in faith if you don't face it in faith according with the word of God it does not build anything in you people say oh adversity builds character no it doesn't if you don't respond biblically and, and when the brook dries up you need to realize God has not forgotten you look what it says in Isaiah 49 15 and 16 can a woman forget her nursing child yes yes she can and not have compassion on the son of her womb yes surely they may forget yet I will not forget you see I have inscribed you on the palms of my hands your walls are continually before me you see, guys, the, the brook dried up as a result of Elijah's prayer. And maybe this is what you're praying. You're praying, God, make me a man of God. Make me a woman of God. Make me a man or a woman of faith. This is what it means. You're praying God's in spiritual awakening to our land as I am. This is what it means. You don't get the product of maturity without the process. And you have to understand where God guides, God will provide. With the demand comes the supply of grace. And God will lead us one step at a time. We want to figure out how we're going to open up church in the next few months. But God says we do it one step at a time. He will show us as we are going, as long as we are going in obedience to his word, and as long as we are walking by faith, as long as we are adjusting ourselves to what he is saying, equipping ourselves right now for what's ahead. As we shared last week when Abraham took his son of promise, Isaac, to offer him, in obedience, God gave a fresh revelation of who he was to Abraham. He was Jehovah Jireh. Guys, and as you walk by faith, God gives us a greater understanding of who he is. You see, God has a purpose for suffering. And, and be slow to call suffering bad if it drives you to God. And be very slow to call success good if it drives you away from God. Romans 8, 28. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. So let me ask you, do you know that you know that you know you're born again? 
Do you know that you have been saved by the Spirit of God? Do you know that you have repented the biblical way, cried out in faith to the Father, and he has saved you and changed? Do you know? We got a whole lot of folks who say Christian, but they don't know Jesus. It's not a profession of faith. It's not a prayer that you said sometime. It's God moving into your life and working that work of grace and mercy and he, he saves you, forgives you, changes and, and you know. And if you've got to be told by your daddy, your mama, your preacher, nobody has assurance but me for me. And if I don't have assurance unless somebody tells me, then I don't know Jesus. Because the Bible says these things are written that you may know that you have eternal life. Do you need to call out to Christ today and meet him? Has he been speaking to your heart? Man, let the Spirit of God work in you. Maybe you are born again. You know Christ you've kind of gotten comfortable and settled down and you're not ready for the last days. Do you need to make some adjustments in your life? Do that. Father, I come before you right now and I pray, God, you work your grace in hearts and lives in this place and around the world. I pray, God, that you teach us what we're supposed to learn and we will move forward in faith at your bidding in Jesus name Amen Worthy is the Lamb who was slain Holy
Father, we do thank you for this day. God, I pray that you just equip us to be men and women of faith. God, show us every day how to stand. Father, use us for your glory. Help us, Father, to take the difficulties that we will face, God, and apply them. And let us be as the apostles, thankful that we could suffer for the very name of Jesus Christ. And it's in his name we ask these things. Amen. Amen. God bless you.